Hi, this is Bianca. And this is Anna. And welcome back to another episode of Girl Talk Monday. So, we are finally back together recording an episode. Yeah, we're in my place. It's been a while. I yeah, know. I know, back at Anna's, like old times. I know. And now it's already November, beginning oh, of November. Don't tell me about it. And well, I thought it was summer still. I'm no. still going outside <laughs> in dresses, so I'm like, woohoo. No, it's cold <laughs> I'm already wearing my winter coat. Oh. But it's coming to almost the time. Christmas when we season. Sta- no, when we started our podcast episode. Oh, yeah. In like end of November, <laughs> last year already. We can play Michael Bublé again. <laughs> that episode did not get a lot of <laughs> listens, actually. Nobody cared about Michael Bublé. No, that was not one of our biggest hits. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe it's almost been a year since we started this podcast. And, and they have crazy. the Christmas lights up as well. I can't believe that either. Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw a commercial is winter is coming. for Coca-Cola Christmas. Okay, how is this relevant to I'm anything? sorry, sorry. I'm just I'm really shocked right now. <laughs> and I can't believe it. Because yeah. I've been in Paris and I felt like my life has been just on hold for two months. Yeah, yeah, we have to talk about that. Yeah. You've been away for a while. I've been away for a long time. I don't know if everyone has noticed, but I have well, not yeah, been Well, yeah, because in present. the past few episodes, well, we've had guest speakers. Yeah. Last one was with Paradise Bro, the founder of Paradise mm-hmm. Bro. That one was really good. I recorded that one. Although we had a bit of some sound issues, which actually a couple people pointed out really? and messaged me about, which was nice. Yeah. I know we've had some sound issues, but hopefully everything is fine now. I love how nobody messaged me <laughs> because you were not recording us <laughs> nobody cared it, it wasn't you in it <laughs> okay yeah true but still my face is on the podcast cover <laughs> yeah, well, they were like bianca edits these for sure <laughs> yeah well this is bianca's episode now bianca's podcast oh my god imagine if you just took over and just like cut my face out oh my god that would be horrible <laughs> girls talk mondays is no longer with bianca <laughs> yeah. Nobody else. Yeah, put like a big sticker on Anna's face, like <laughs> like guest speakers. That would be the yeah. question mark. Oh yeah, like a potato. Head. I can I can see you are having like ideas now. You're no. like, hmm, I could do this actually. No, no, no. I would never. We need the podcast to be with us too. That's how yeah. we started. That's how it's gonna be. <laughs> That's how it's gonna be. <laughs> yes. So don't get any ideas either now that you're back, Adam. No, I'm back and I'm ready. I'm ready for life, even though we've just been discussing now because we wanted to talk about kind of going into the work life because I'm going straight from my master's degree into trying to find a job now Mm. and like trying to find what you really want to do, trying to find your passion and preparing for interviews and that kind of thing. Yeah, I remember when that was me last year and I was interviewing and I was because like the thing is when you come out of university some of you might know exactly what you want to do and that's amazing and you have one path to take and you know you apply for like very similar jobs at mm-hmm. all the different companies but then some other times like a lot of us probably I think that's most people yeah don't most know. people when you come out of university and you have such a broad degree like marketing. I have business management and marketing yeah. like you can do anything with that degree pretty much yeah and so I remember thinking like what am I gonna do mm-hmm. and I had you look a good at job idea descriptions. but yeah but you kind of apply for a bit of everything yeah yeah like a certain field and all the job descriptions are slightly different and Mm -hmm. it's kind of figuring out 
exactly what you want to take. So how do you figure yeah. that out and yeah. go about with the interview process and everything? But that's what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. But we just wanted to do like a quick recap on life because I feel like I've literally not even been here. I haven't well, been present. Haven't been no, 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 I haven't. But I, at the same time, of course, like the podcast have gone on and everything. <laughs> and I've it's gone on without you. It's gone on without me. I've been left behind, okay? <laughs> no, but it's been yeah, my fault. A heart to heart. <laughs> with all with the all listeners yeah. yeah no it's just been weird because I've literally been gone and I feel like I've gone out to outer space and I've come back and yeah. I'm just back to normal I know okay so talk about briefly how mm-hmm. was your overall experience studying abroad in Paris mm-hmm. and now that you're back what's your plan so basically when I came to Paris I didn't have time to think about it like I literally went straight from summer right to Paris yeah and I just sat, I remember sitting on the Eurostar and I was like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. I came there. I had so many difficulties with like my accommodation and stuff, which is a whole other story. I didn't love it. I thought I would really like being in Paris, but every time I came home here and I came to visit a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. How like, many times did you have? So you lived in Paris for two months. Yeah. You came to London like three times. Yeah. In two months. Yeah. The thing is. <laughs> I came home and I remember whenever I was supposed to go on the train back, I like, I cried, honestly. Really? Yeah. Oh. Because, you know what? The second month was better. Actually, no. The first, <laughs> the first, no. the first month was better because I was never there. I was in New yeah, York. True. I was in That's London. True. I wasn't there really. Yeah. Then the second month was when reality hit and so much stuff went wrong with my accommodation and I learned how yeah, to that deal was with bad. that stuff. Like in the middle of it was that bad. That was bad. And I had also like big presentations and stuff yeah. to take care of. But then I got very lucky and I got to live with friends of friends and they had the most incredible like place I could stay in and they were so kind and mm. loving and I couldn't believe it like how much yeah they it turned took out care really really well yeah really it's crazy I got really lucky but you know what in general I'm very lucky yeah not I feel like good. it's not really luck it's like good things come to good people oh thank you <laughs> that's what I think <laughs> good karma that's true. if you're a good person if you're like you know, you're respectful, you're kind, you're yeah. hardworking, you deserve it, so something good is going to come. Yeah. But if you're, like, a complete, you know, I'm not going to say, like, anything bad, but... <laughs> you're, I can, like, <laughs> I if can you're a bad your person... Face, you're like, going to say something, you stop well, yourself. Well, I don't curse, but, like, no, I'm just it's saying, good. if you're a bad person, yeah. don't expect anything good to come from you, because if you're horrible to other people, no one's going to be kind to you. Yeah, that's so true. That's how I felt, like, yeah, you got yeah. lucky with the situation, but it was, like, the right thing came at the right time. Yeah, I really needed that. But I remember, like, I think the biggest lesson I've gotten from these two months is just everything like, will be fine. Yeah. Having the mindset that's that everything... That's why I'm more chill now. Mm-hmm. Because I've always been such a stressed human being. And it, it's in my, like, gut. I really feel stress. And I my digestion just goes off the radar like I don't know what happens to it when I'm stressed and I get breakouts and I just I can't handle it and I can't sleep and that's what happened in the past but now after these two months I just feel like I can can handle anything no but like not having a home not knowing where to go like because of yeah I mean the situation could have been so much worse yeah yeah, in any bad situation just think like oh my god this could be way worse yeah but then I don't I don't want to think that way but like there was one day did I tell you about this day where I had to move my stuff from the apartment yeah. that we were no longer, like, able to enter anymore. Yeah. I had to move from there at, like, 
7 a.m. Then I ran down to the train station. My train card didn't work. Yeah, then someone had just oh jumped in front of a train right then when I was there. And I was like, wow. And like, I didn't even have time to process it because it was just so stressful for me. Then yeah. I ran upstairs. My car didn't work again. Then there was this German hero guy that helped me. Anyways. And then I had a huge presentation. So like these kind of days after you've had them yeah. and you're laying in bed, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, here we are. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Everything's still fine. Alive. Everything's still working. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like the biggest lesson for me these two months is that everything's going to be fine. Just yeah. chill out a little bit. Yeah. And exactly. go with flow. With any challenges, just think everything is going to turn out. Yeah. So that was Anna's experience in Paris, but now she's mm-hmm. back. And now I'm back. Yeah. And your plans? Yeah. I've been... <laughs> yeah, here we go. Into that now, the plans. So basically, I got back like four days ago. Yeah. And um, in Paris, I was already looking for jobs. I got some interviews. I got like an offer in Paris, but I since I really didn't mm-hmm. like it, I don't really didn't like living there and I couldn't see myself there. I have my boyfriend here. I have my friends here. I have everything here. Yeah. And I have, I think one big thing for me is that I have this apartment and it feels like my home. Yeah. It feels like it's, it's mine. Like mm-hmm. it's not my family home. It's not me living with my boyfriend. It's yeah. mine. But of course, if you lived like full time in Paris, you would have that. But because yeah. you were only there for two months, it was not possible. Yeah, I know. So but you didn't have that. So the comfort was yeah. gone. I don't know. There was just no rest. That was well, the thing. Two months. It was kind of like yeah. I felt uneasy. Yeah. And then I learned to feel uneasy and have it be fine. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm pulling into my next stage in life which is finding a job because mm-hmm. now I still have to write my master's thesis but mm-hmm. at the same time I want to get into like a job and I want to start developing other things that I'm looking to do mm-hmm. so yeah that's what I'm doing now I'm looking yeah. for a job and I'm interviewing yes and um, what else am I doing that's all that's no I'm main, just kidding <laughs> the main thing I'm getting a massage tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, back on to the serious topics. Okay, sorry. Okay, so that's why we wanted to now, like, talk about interviews a bit more. Yeah. And, um, like, lots of things goes into them. I'm doing some interviews at the moment. I'm Mm -hmm. still in the buying industry, as you guys know. Like, I do my social media, but I'm still focusing on buying. And so... Like, yeah, just looking around and mm-hmm. having some interviews. And Anna is having interviews as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we've both done a lot before. Yeah. But something hard is, like, figuring out what you want to do. And I'm still yeah. in the process because, that, like you said, there's so yeah. many paths you can do- go down when you have, like, a marketing degree. Yeah. So now I'm trying to, like, pinpoint what I want to do. And I want to go more into brand strategy and do more, like, marketing in that kind of direction. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's really hard to find a job posting that fits what you want to do, where you want to do it, and with who. Yeah, it's almost impossible unless you're 100% certain of your path. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for example, the path that I'm going down now, there's, like, a clear structure. Like, you start with this, then the next is this. Mm -hmm. And if you know what kind of field you're going in, like, I'm in luxury fashion, Mm. then there's an obvious route. And so it's almost like I know exactly what I'm going to take. But Mm -hmm. then it's also challenging because I have so few options. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas, like, you, you're looking for your first, like, real job coming out of university. Yeah. So to find exactly what you have in your mind might be impossible, but you can apply to, like, a lot more things Mm -hmm. and keep your options open, whereas mine are a lot more narrow. Mm. And, like, it's kind of like, if I don't get that, well... But it's good. I don't have many backups, you know? I feel like it's good to focus down because that's now, like, what the industries are boiling down to is that people are looking for others with very specific skills. Yeah. So if you're not niching down what you know best, people Mm -hmm. won't know what to hire you for. Yeah, that's something as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I can talk about that because last year, before getting my first job in buying, Mm -hmm. um, I was applying to different things, and I kind of already had an idea I wanted to really do buying. But mm-hmm. I did apply to, like, some other um, roles as well. Like, But when it came down to, like, marketing, even though my degree is in marketing, social mm-hmm. media relates to marketing. For the past, like, five years, I've been building up my social media network. I mm-hmm. clearly have more, like, experience in social media marketing mm-hmm. than in buying. But actually, it was more difficult. Mm-hmm. Maybe because my also... internships were in buying. Yeah, but that's why. Because you've already, like, kind of set your own path. And people are looking for your past experiences. Like, I know a girl that was also interviewing with me at L'Oreal. Mm. And she has, like, seven years of experience in, like, a specific industry. Mm. And she told them, I don't want to work in this specific part of your company. Because I've done it for seven years. I did my master's degree to get out of that part of the industry. Oh, yeah. And then they put her in those interviews again. Because yeah. they, they always match your past experience with yeah, the job really posting. And that's actually something really tricky is yeah. when you want to change fields. Because so like hard. this girl, she went Even into, with a master. Yeah, she, yeah. That's what I've noticed as well. Like, it's great to have a master's for your personal knowledge. And, and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. For some companies, I feel like if you're doing a lot of like really corporate yeah, blue jobs, yeah, then they really value it. Or like in France, if you're going yeah. for the top 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 companies they're always going to ask like a master's and then this this specific grade Mm -hmm. but otherwise in the majority of your jobs it's not as relevant it's Mm -hmm. all about your experience so even if you try to change your field by doing a master's degree Mm -hmm. it's not really enough it's actually Mm -hmm. really challenging if you want to go into something else very hard and for example it's possible though yeah it's true but like if you're working in a specific field for like four years and then you realize you don't like it Mm -hmm. it's so hard to segue into something else unless you're in a company that really respects and like knows you as a person Mm -hmm. and really think you're talented in another position and are able to move you across like in some way but I don't think it's very easy if you're just going to another company. They're going to be like, okay, you want to do uh, merchandising, but you've only done, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, I don't know, you've only been design- designing for a company for like five years. Yeah. Oh, I have a good example of that because a, a previous colleague of mine, she was a designer. And so she worked for a lot of top names in both luxury and high street fashion as a designer. Yeah. And she's built her career in that for the past few years. Mm-hmm. And then she decided that it wasn't for her anymore. And so she transitioned into merchandising. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the only thing is, even though she had, I think, like five or six years experience, and like, oh, I said like an exact example to merchandising. Yeah, okay, that's why I'm talking about it because you said like the exact example. See, it happens. It happens. So I thought I would go into that story. Okay, cool. Sounds so good. she had like five, six years in design, starting from an intern up to a, like the designer label. So like, it's a good. You know, it's a good amount of years. It's a good career. And then when she got a job in merchandising, she had to start from the complete bottom. So at the same level as me in buying, but it's Mm -hmm. my first job. And she already has worked for six years. So it's always possible to change. Mm -hmm. 
but that there's the risk that you're going to have to start from the beginning because you need to learn everything all over again in a totally yeah. different field. Which can be very stressful. And I know, for example, for the girl I know, it's it's hard because you're expecting a certain salary and you come out and you're mm-hmm. going to get like a third of what you usually right, have that like, in the well. past. Yeah. And it's not really... But at the same time, you have to think about the grand picture and like to see if it's actually worth it. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're doing something and you're really unhappy, it's always worth it if you want to change. You mm-hmm. just need to know the next thing you're going to do, you're going to need to put the same amount of work into it as yeah. you did to build your other career. Yeah. But sometimes it can always be a really good thing because like that, you won't have knowledge in one specific sector. You'll have knowledge in mm-hmm. different sectors. And something that makes like good you know, CEOs or good directors mm-hmm. are people who have who understand lots of fields Mm -hmm. and who are not just super specialized. And that's the tricky part because Mm -hmm. in a job, like I'm learning now, you're taught to be specialized in something. Right now, they're giving the tip to be really specialized, though. Like, that's what I've heard about all the recruiters, like, from them, that they want people to be super specialized. And that's why I feel like it's very important to be able to sit down and have, like, an honest thought of, like, thinking process of what you want to do. Because that's, when I sat down, I sat down with my boyfriend the other day. Actually, someone asked me to, like, have my boyfriend on the on the, on the podcast. podcast. Yeah. And he said, he said he could do it, but then I, he was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, in what as well? What it would, would he it'd be funny, because he would just make fun of us, you know? Yeah, that would not be funny for no. the podcast. No, I know. And I was like, this is about, like, a woman and, like, woman in well, business. Yeah, that's true, actually. So what would he contribute? Yeah. That's my nothing. question. <laughs> he would just not be contributing. Anyways, um, like, I was talking to him the other day, and we were discussing what I wanted to do because I had just come back from Paris, and I was like, go help me. Mm. I don't know what to do now. Yeah. And he was telling me, he was like, I know you, and you know yourself and you're basically telling me that you don't want to work at a big corporate company and you want to be able to have you want to be able to learn a lot but at the same time you don't want people to constantly be telling you what to do you want to have some sort of freedom to be Mm. able to explore new things and to talk to new people and Mm. to just become more knowledgeable in all ways and I was like yeah that's true and he told me that I just have to sit down with a notebook and write down the things that I'm capable of doing now to get to my future goal. Mm, and that's then, a good idea. Yeah, so you have your future goal and then you write like a little step ladder and mm-hmm. like of things like tangible things that you can do now to make mm-hmm. your way towards that change and towards that big goal. And mm-hmm. big goals usually take like up to 10, 15 years. So, yeah. and if they don't scare, I know everyone says that, but if they don't scare you or freak you out a little bit, it's probably not like a goal that it's maybe you can goal. extend it yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's usually like a 10 to 15 year thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so even though it's small things you're changing now, mm-hmm. they could be making big steps and like you could meet people that completely change your career or... Right, that too. Because you never know. You can never know even in a year's time what are you going to be doing. Yeah. There are so many things, so many people I've met that have changed, like, the path that I've taken. Yeah. But all in all, yeah, if you have, like, the big goal, yeah, then you can work towards that. Yeah. Okay, should we go into interviewing tips a little bit, just so that yeah. people have some, like, idea of what we're doing now? So yeah. basically, first of all, in terms of tips, what are your biggest, like, confidence tips when you go into interviews? 
I would say know the job role like yeah. really well because there's no point in going in an interview and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You'll in that just job. get nervous as well. You're People gonna see get right through you, and they'll yeah. see right through you because if you try to lie or to like make mm-hmm. it up, like one thing I did in one of my job interviews like a while ago mm-hmm. was like I said I had experience in that role and I didn't have that much experience, mm-hmm. but I said I had more than I did. Mm. And so when it was time for the interview, I was like acting really confident mm. and all that because I'm I'm quite good that I've built up a lot of confidence over the years. I don't get intimidated easily. Mm. But, like, I was so confident when I was talking, like, yeah, I know this. They were, like, looking at me, like, hmm. Yeah, well, this girl does not know the job, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, like, the biggest thing is know the job. Know yeah. the company you're working for as well, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're interviewing for. Know their competitors. Yeah. And if you understand the industry, both, like, micro and macro, mm-hmm. then you'll be really confident in every answer. Mm-hmm. So, like... That doesn't even have to do with confidence in yourself, mm-hmm. but that has to do with knowing the job your knowledge. Really well. Your knowledge, yeah. first of all. And then being confident in yourself, I would say, like, when you're going into it, just think of it as, you know what? This is a person, too. Imagine mm-hmm. if I was the interviewer. Like, mm-hmm. how would I want someone to speak to me? How would I want someone to interact with me? Mm-hmm. And that's, like, kind of how I go into it. I always kind of read the person that's interviewing me and I always make sure to check up on if I get their name before because I've had interviews where they just like throw us into like it's like an assessment day Mm -hmm. and um, you don't know the person until like five minutes before go on their LinkedIn stalk them a little bit find out stuff about them that you can talk about Mm -hmm. because if they notice that you are interested Mm -hmm. and you know something about them that makes them like super excited and you bring it up, they will be very happy. Yeah, but don't be too personal. No, not too personal. But like if they have been working on, for example, I started talking about the fact that someone was working on like a YouTube campaign. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, wow. Yes, we are. It's so exciting. What do you think we should do for this? And then yeah. I was like, oh, you know, you could try this. Or there's three different ways to go about this. And like we start having a conversation like we would if we were working together. Yeah. And that gives them a picture of how it would be like to work with you. Yeah, exactly. Which is great if you have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And some interviewers are harsher or like... Yeah, some are more friendly than others. Yeah, some are more friendly. They're open to having like that kind of a conversation. Mm -hmm. I had like a harsh one not too long ago Mm -hmm. where they were really, really just direct and almost trying to intimidate you. They do that a lot though. You have to always... Yeah, those kind of interviews Mm -hmm. are a bit like... They're the ones where you get the very typical questions. So to kind of be prepared as well, like, what would your answer be if they say something like, can you name, like, a time when you faced a challenge and how you overcame it? Mm-hmm. Can you name a time when you had a failure and, mm-hmm. like, how did you overcome that as well? Don't make stuff up. <laughs> yeah, don't make stuff up. You know, a challenge, a weakness, mm-hmm. and a failure, those are all very negative. So you can easily say something that will completely put them off and be like, ooh, mm-hmm. they made that mistake. Yeah. But it's saying it in a way that almost like twists it around and yeah. like this is my weakness mm-hmm. but, but I, I grow transformed from it. it yeah I grew yeah. from it or I transformed that into a yeah. strength and just show like different aspects of how you dealt mm. with the problem really well maybe it showed that you're a good like communicator and you mm. you brought it to your team so you're good mm-hmm. at communicating and explaining problems maybe yeah. you're really good at solving them so you're a good decision maker mm-hmm. and you make fast and sharp decisions mm-hmm. so you always need to show that when they ask this kind of trick question it's hard when they try to pinpoint you and like yeah really try to make it hard for you because then at the same time even though you come in confident you come in feeling like you know i got this i can do this if some if someone if your interviewer starts pinpointing the stuff that you're not good at 
it doesn't exactly make you feel great but at the same time you can just kind of take it as this is a learning curve there's always people that are not trying to get the best out of others and that's fine and maybe that's just their way of like kind of understanding how you work under pressure mm -hmm. but um yeah there's always a learning curve to it and you can always come out and think mm -hmm. of it as a good thing exactly and the other thing as well is that a lot of people in interviews they connect with you as a person yeah so it's not only being like a robot and having your no. fixed answers it's mm -hmm. about really understanding them as like people understanding yeah. the team trying like to date. fit into the dynamic exactly mm -hmm. it's like if the date goes wrong if yeah. they don't like you then yeah. they're not gonna hire you because yeah why would they want to like hang around you for mm -hmm. you know a year two years three years mm -hmm. like you have to really fit the dynamic of the team mm -hmm. so sometimes if you don't get things it's also not because of your like experience or experience mm -hmm. it's just because of the fit of the team yeah. as well. But it makes sense, honestly. Like, does, yeah. if you don't fit into the team, like, if I was to go into a company and I didn't fit in the team, there's no way I'm going to be able to work well with them. Yeah, and exactly. It goes so both ways. It doesn't make sense. I applied to a job just because, of course, the job was interesting as well. Um, but because the, um, the two people that were from the company came to our university and they did a presentation, and afterwards I was like, wow. It feels like they are my neighbors and we understand yeah. each other to a very deep personal level and I could see myself working with them every single day. Yeah, exactly. And That's then I was like, this itself. is a good fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like in interviews, you always kind of have to go, I always think of it as a date, but like not in a way where you're flirting, but in a mm -hmm. way where it's more like just trying to relax, trying to understand what makes the other person tick Mm -hmm. why do they want to hire you and how can you make the best impression on them in a way that's not a too pushy b like too standoffish because i've heard some people sometimes they come mm -hmm. in and they sit yeah. there and act like they don't care yeah that's true too or sometimes being too overconfident yeah like there yeah. was an interview i had like a while ago um before going into buying where i was a bit too overconfident but not in a way like is pretentious or like mm -hmm. oh really cocky mm -hmm. but just in a way that like I really believed in myself and my abilities yeah and also sometimes my like in the past I used to mix my overconfidence with my passion mm. it's like I'm so passionate about like when I'm interviewing for things or like talking about certain topics mm -hmm. that like sometimes I can come across as like oh she's really overconfident and like thinks that she's got this but really in my head it's just like that I'm so passionate about yeah, it yeah. but sometimes they are a bit scared by that as well mm -hmm. and another thing depending on the level of like job that you're going yeah. for something else I've struggled with is almost being like too overqualified for a role mm -hmm. and I never thought that that was a thing <laughs> Like, really, I was like, you know, if you're applying for something and they like you, mm -hmm. and what's the, how is there such a thing as being overqualified if you're willing yeah, to, like, to go, into that, to go into that position and, like, prove yourself and build yourself up from there? But there actually is because it can be a number of reasons. Like, they also want someone who's going to be really stable. Yeah. Maybe not someone who's going to be, like, over-ambitious yeah. and looking to move up quickly. Yeah. And so, like, it all depends on the fit of the job, the fit of the team. Yeah. Like, a lot goes into play. Which makes in interviews. it a really difficult time when you interview. Yeah. And it's really hard on you because I know a lot of people, everyone in my course has been interviewing now for the past few months. Yeah. And so many people are not motivated anymore, like, mm -hmm. including myself. I feel like, you know what? I put in a lot of energy. I think it will come to me now. Mm -hmm. 
otherwise, like something will come up on LinkedIn. I will see there's a new job posting and it's going to work. Yeah. Because if you keep freaking yourself out. Yeah. I think just, that's if you keep overthinking and over yeah. trying, it's so difficult. Like London in itself is, you know, it's a city of opportunity, but it's also so competitive. Yeah. There's like almost people. every single field has like over, I don't know, so many applicants. If you looked on yeah. LinkedIn, like every job is like, 200 plus applicants like the first yeah. of all the chances that the hrc or cv are already like small in themselves mm-hmm. and then the amount of people you compete against when mm-hmm. you're interviewing and there are so many aspects that come into play mm-hmm. it's just competition is so fierce mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible to get a job just like that i mean some people do mm-hmm. actually um an old colleague of mine as well mm-hmm. has like a track record of every time she has an interview she's always gotten the job really never gotten rejected from one job interview that's insane yeah what does she do we need to have her on yeah she needs to do a little like explanation i i've had my fair share of like yeah Mm. i get offers but i get rejections as well yeah but also i know that like in the way that my personality is Mm -hmm. it's like i'm all or nothing kind of like you are yeah so it's like either really works or really doesn't work yeah like she's like a mastermind of like you know, fitting into like every job role. Ah, uh, like, she's like a she what's like a chameleon. A yeah, like a she's chameleon. a chameleon. Yes, ah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. We should have her on. <laughs> that would be so cool. I'll ask her. Then she could come in and like spread the wisdom. Yeah, I, I swear I need job. some tips from her. <laughs> yeah, me too. Maybe we should have like a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just record and be like, give us help. Yeah. Give us yeah. some advice. Oh, actually, she did the personality, the 16 personality mm. test Oh, she as did well. it too. Yeah, yeah. I got my whole office to do it, actually. Oh, yeah, She was working yeah. in my team not long ago. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the exact name of, like, the guy that she got, but it was basically the personality type that is, like, the old and wise. Oh, the mediator, it's called. Ah, yeah. Also, yeah. the one that basically gets along with everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's not me. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. But, okay, so we spoke kind of about what to expect when you're doing interviews, Mm -hmm. how to prepare and things like that and how to build your confidence. But Mm -hmm. also, what advice can you give for like after the interview? So if you felt that it went really well, Mm -hmm. what kind of advice can you give? And the same, if you felt that it went really bad, Mm -hmm. what can you do? That's the thing. Whenever I have interviews, somehow I always feel like it goes very well because I'm a in my nature I'm like a seller it sounds very weird but whenever I have interviews or like dates even dates or like presentations I take it as like it's nearly like a performance I love it because it's kind of like there's like a strategy behind it so whenever I go into an interview I'm like okay this person seems like very very nice they care about this this and this in their job role we're going to talk about these things and I'm going to make sure they know that I'm here because I'm very interested in the job, but also because I fit into the culture, and you know, I'm a nice person, and I think mm. about these things, and then I go and I'm like, hello. Mm. And then I go for it. And so, usually where I get so rejected... you never felt like you had a bad interview, though. You, no, I haven't had, had that. had a good experience. I've always had a good experience. The only thing is that, like, for me, I've gotten so many rejections after phone calls. Mm-hmm. And... Every time I get my hope up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I had this phone call. I had this phone call interview. It's going to go great. Then I get an email a few hours later. Sorry, you didn't get it. Mm. And then, you know, it hits me first. But I think something that I've learned is you get the email, you read it. Then I try to kind of shake it off as soon as possible. Mm. And I'm like, okay, there's a reason I didn't get this. 
exactly. That's what I think every time. And I'm like, maybe I'm meant to do something else. Maybe if I got this job, I would be unhappy. Maybe they need someone else that fulfills something mm-hmm. different for them, for their company to work better. Mm-hmm. So I always try to look at it from that point of view. And I always think the one huge thing is to not get jealous of other people who get oh, chances. Definitely. definitely. That's something because it will make you so bitter. Yeah. Like, in your yeah, soul. Yeah, like, if they choose somebody else over you, yeah. it's never, like, a, a, you know, a bad thing. Yeah. It's not a personal thing. It's just, yeah. like, something about it works better for them. Mm-hmm. And then that they're the right fit, not you. You're, mm-hmm. you're the right fit for another role. Yeah, I think that's the biggest, like, learning curve for these past few months because it's hard when you're coming out as a like a group of graduates and then some people are like oh I got this really cool job at this huge company Mm. and you're there and they're like oh how are you doing and it's like well I don't have anything yet yeah but at the same time like everyone is there's a quote I don't know exactly how it goes here I go with quotes again I know the quotes your face was like oh god but it's (laughs) like everyone is uh running their own race some people get super successful when they're 50 and some do when they're 25 yeah exactly so yeah everyone is on their own time frame and you can't you shouldn't compete or compare with someone else's like yeah you know eight years later exactly or even like someone that's the same age as you but is doing something completely different to you Mm -hmm. maybe you know what you're not meant to do the same thing as them and that's fine and it takes longer Mm -hmm. or it just requires a different path so yeah exactly that's what I try to think of every time I get a no and um yeah I try not to yeah you know like hurt myself too much mentally in terms of saying oh yeah it's because I'm not good it's because I don't know what how to do a job I just think you know what the key is not to overthink it too much yeah but a good thing if you're really stuck in like something that I do if I like have a job interview and it goes really well and then I don't get it something that I always do you might not get an answer but Mm -hmm. I always ask for feedback because for me that's the most important way for me to like grow and mm-hmm. to like understand when I'm doing my next interviews okay mm-hmm. what went wrong is it you know is it like something I said in terms of my knowledge mm-hmm. is it I'm not the right fit for the team is it I don't have enough experience like yeah. it's just really handy to know of course if you just do a phone call you're not going to ask for feedback if you send your CV and you don't get it you're not going to ask for feedback yeah <laughs> but if you actually go and you do like one An or interview. two or like many interviews or assessment centers yeah and you don't get it I think it's perfectly reasonable to ask like the HR or the team mm-hmm. if they have any feedback as to why and like for me every time I've asked I've always gotten an answer yeah sometimes even a call to explain why which is great so it's super company... helpful for your self-growth to actually understand and then it also yeah. makes you feel better because like a hundred times out of the times that like I've been rejected, it was never a super negative thing. Yeah. It just wasn't the right opportunity. Yeah, and it's it's nice to hear it. Like if they respond and they tell you what you can work on, maybe then you can refocus and be like, okay, great, I did really well. But maybe mm-hmm. next time I'll focus more on this aspect of the mm-hmm. interview and I'll make sure to bring it up and make sure they know that I also have knowledge in this part of the job. And you know, mm-hmm. like you can tweak yourself according exactly. to it. But also, like, when you're asking for feedback, don't mentally drain yourself too much thinking, like, oh, wow, like, it's so embarrassing, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. But at the yeah. same time, like, because sometimes I just block, which is not, which is not very good, I don't think. I don't deal with things. I just get, like, a no, and I'm like, block, move on. And which is also not good. Oh, I'm not like that at all. Like, no. if I get a no, I'm like, I need to know why. Like, I need to know why so I can process it and mm-hmm. then move on. 
Oh, no, I mean, I block it in my mind. Oh, I don't block it in my mind. I'm, like, no. constantly thinking about it, like, why, why, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to know why. Yeah. I just block it out of my mind. I'm like, da-da-da-da-da, this never yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> no, not, that's not me. I'm like, why, though? I'm like, I genuinely want to know because yeah. I really want to make sure that, yeah. like, that doesn't happen in another, like, situation. Yeah, I've started yeah. doing that now, too. I take, like, ownership of, like, <laughs> my mind, and I'm like, no, Anna. <laughs> you have to take care of this. Yeah, that's quite funny that you do that, actually, because... It's my best, like, survival mechanism. Yeah. Or if someone's rude to me, I'm like, block you out of my mind, yeah. moving on with my life. Or, like, in France, when people would just, like, laugh at me because they didn't speak French, I would just yeah. be like, ha, huh, bye-bye, you know? Okay, well, in some circumstances, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good mechanism, but maybe don't use it whenever you kind of yeah. process information because it just like kind of makes the emotions come out later. That's true too. Then you like bottle everything up and then it like explodes like, yeah. why am I not getting any jobs? That happens. And then my boyfriend's like, oh my God, what is going on? Yeah. But he's used to it. He's like, let it out, honey. Let it go. And I'm like, yes. Oh my God. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> That's okay. basically our relationship. Anyways. <laughs> Okay, so I think I'll, we'll end on that note. On my uh, interesting uh, on description of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Self-mechanism. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed our little comeback episode and that we gave you some like good information. And yeah, yes. if you have any like questions or want to write to us, just send them to Bianca and always open. I'm just <laughs> send them to Anna as well. If you have any complaints, send them to Bianca. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, hopefully no more complaints. Do let us know as well, like, if you have any ideas for guest speakers, because yes. as you know, we do now podcast episodes mm-hmm. every two weeks, mm-hmm. and so once a month, it's Anna and I discussing a topic, and then yes. once a month, it's a guest speaker. Yes. The next time we'll have a guest speaker on, we'll, we'll be joined by Anna this time. She'll, oh, yeah. She'll join the conversation. I'll be there to grace you with my presence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that should be exciting. So lots of good stuff to come from podcasts. Yes. And we'll celebrate our our one year podcast anniversary. We need to figure out when that is. I think it's in it's soon, probably in the next two weeks. So by the time we do our next episode. Oh my gosh. We should do a big giveaway. Stay tuned (laughs) because we might have a giveaway coming up in the next one. Okay, let's do it. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Bye. Copied everything I said. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs)